Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Jobless claims are down. Even if it's a little, I'm going to cheer it. Tony, if you cheer it, you're supporting Joe Biden. I heard that stuff all through the Obama years, and I am just not buying. Jobless claims were 900,000. The estimate was nine and a quarter. Anything slower than the estimate, I'll cheer. It's a good thing. You don't want people claiming they don't have a job and on unemployment. You want people working and doing and being and building their lives and being responsible for themselves and all the stuff. Why would you want anything else? So I'm at a loss. Right? Don't allow yourself to somehow fall into the trap that you have to change your viewpoints because of who's in the White House. That's what they do. Doesn't mean that's what you have to be. The more we open things up, the better. And with the changes they're making now on coronavirus, oh, dear Lord, things will be open in no time whatsoever. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. This is the World Health Organization. And we know that Dr. Fauci is staying on with Joe Biden and we're rejoining the World Health Organization because it's the right thing to do. It's not the right thing to do. By the way, uh, the Surgeon General, Jerome Adams, has been asked to resign, and he has. So, uh, for the record, uh, the woke Joe Biden kept the white doctor and fired the black doctor. Enjoy that. No? No? Is that not how the game is played? I've been studying... And I could have sworn that's how the game was played. But here's the, the bit of reporting. Stacey Lennox over at PJ Media. When they take a look at coronavirus, they look at something called uh, the CT, capital C, lowercase t, cycle threshold. And what they are starting to understand, and people have discussed this, I would not say I was one of them, this is a little bit above my pay grade, is that the amount that they were saying means you have coronavirus may be a little too excessive. In August of last year, the New York Times published an article stating that as many as 90% of COVID-19 tests in three states were not indicative of active illness. What they were picking up was what referred to what's referred to as viral debris incapable of causing infection but capable of showing up on a test and it was not capable of being transmitted because the cycle threshold amplified the sample too many times so labs in the US were using the cycle threshold of 37 to 40 and at the time epidemiologists interviewed said that a CT around 30 this cycle threshold was probably more appropriate meaning that we were overdoing, we were over uh, sampling, and therefore you would create, if you will, a higher result. Yesterday, one hour, one hour after 
Joe Biden was inaugurated. The World Health Organization guidance diagnostic testing for SARS-CoV-2 states that careful interpretation of weak positive results is needed. The cycle threshold needed to detect virus is inversely proportional to the patient's viral load. Where test results do not correspond with the clinical presentation, a new specimen should be taken and retested using the same or different NAT technology. Now, that's a mouthful if you're not in the medical profession. In the absence of symptoms, is the translation given, a high CT value means you are highly unlikely to become ill or get anyone else sick in the absence of absence of very recent exposure to an infected person. She mentions that Dr. Fauci probably knew this in July when he said tests with a cycle threshold above 35 were likely picking up viral debris or dead virus. The World Health Organization continues saying most PCR assays, A-S-S-A-Y-S, are indicated as an aid for diagnosis. Therefore, healthcare providers must consider any result in combination with timing of sampling, specimen types, clinical observations, patient history. So what does that mean? A positive PCR test in the absence of symptoms means nothing at the cycle threshold higher than 30. If this is the case, there have been approximately 2.43 million actual cases to date, not 24.3 million. That is not to say that people haven't had some level of contact with coronavirus. But to a point where you should worry about the health and it could have an absolute effect on the health, well, maybe they were juicing the numbers to make it worse all along for a presidential election. Tony, that is an absolutely horrific and insane claim to make without any proof. Man, I'm just showing you what's going on. I'm just sharing with you the data. And I'm sharing it with you that it came out an hour after Joe Biden was inaugurated. Isn't that something? It's like a miracles. People are going to freak out over this if indeed it gets discussed. Right? They'll play it off with their doctors on TV in this super hyperclinical way and all remind you that you have to wear your mask. Meanwhile, Joe Biden's got his 100 days of mask mandates on any federal property. There he is at the Lincoln uh, Memorial not wearing a mask. There his grandkids and his daughter are not wearing a mask. Uh, look, don't, don't yell at me for noticing that you're not following the rules that Pop Pop made for you. Don't do that. Tony, you can't go after the man's children. I'm not going after the man's children or his grandchildren. I'm noticing the photos, baby. Don't post the photos if you don't want me to notice. But how dare you say I shouldn't notice if they're not following the rules? Because me, you would fine. <laughs> right? If, if everybody in the restaurant isn't wearing a mask, quite literally gorilla glued to their face, you'll give them a fine. We've seen such absolute horror 
around coronavirus and the lies and the manipulation and now the lies and the manipulation possibly of how they were looking at at, at cases based on 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 sample sizes and and how uh, they are are now trying to say that the white house had no plan for distribution and so we're gonna have to invent one from scratch so they can invent a reason how they were able to exceed their 100 million doses in 100 days nonsense it's it's ugly to witness and watch but if you want something that's really ugly take this one and uh run it around your brain parts for just a moment joe biden is keeping christopher ray as director of the fbi Yeah. He's staying. The FBI. The FBI, which on its upper levels, that top leadership has been so bad. The FBI that has failed so epically. Not those guys and the men and women who actually do the work. We're talking about that upper leadership. If Biden is keeping Ray, what what aren't we going to ever know? Now you could say to me, Tony, you're you're getting conspiratorial. I don't. That's not my purpose in 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 addressing this. He's keeping Fauci and Ray. I I I, I think that. You know, it 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 speaks to I I think a problem. When when Ray took over, I I don't think Ray is the most evil cat in in the world, but I think you can point to a lot of things that we should have known more about that we didn't. A lot of questions regarding how they got to, for example, the origins. Well, that's going to be the John Durham conversation. A lot of questions about what was withheld, about the lying that took place within the organization from people like Peter Strzok. Horrific things took place. But Ray is trusted enough to be there? Or is Ray trusted enough because he knows about the conversations with Trump and therefore they can have all the juice and then do what they need to do? That's where it plays so ugly. Maybe I shouldn't think like that. Maybe I should think that these are good, decent people, and they want what's best for America, and they're going to follow the rules and follow the law. All right, maybe, maybe, maybe I can be convinced on Ray. On Fauci, not a chance. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci has done a poor job of helping America through the pandemic because every time he sees a television camera, he has to give them an answer, and he doesn't pay attention to what he said just 10 minutes before to the other video camera. Dr. Anthony Fauci has done more harm than good. I don't question his uh, medical bona fides. As a guy near public policy, he shouldn't be anywhere near public policy. I'm Tony Katz. So China is thrilled that Donald Trump is out. And they put out a tweet that said, good riddance, Donald Trump. <gasps> oh, you, you showed us. You showed us. And then, and then you've got uh, the, the, the sanctions 
against uh, Trump and, and Pompeo and 28 others. I'm just upset that I'm not on the sanctions list from China. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good uh, to be with you. Yeah, who who else got the, the, the sanctions from, from, from China? China's very upset that on the way out, you had... Uh, you had uh, Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, remind the world that, uh, yeah, they're, they're guilty of genocide regarding Uyghur Muslims. And for the record, um, they're guilty of genocide and, and torture of Uyghur Muslims. So the, the sanctions, who else is on the list? Peter Navarro is on the list. Um, you, you've got uh, the deputy to the national security advisor, uh, O'Brien, uh, Matt Pottinger on, on the list. So what? I only want to know if I could be on the list. I desperately want to be on the list. How do I make this happen? I want to be sanctioned by China. Oh, I, I, what, what a badge of honor that would be. Indeed. If if speaking clearly and honestly about Chinese oppression, communist Chinese oppression gets you sanctioned, I'm good with that. I don't think you should do it for any kind of nonsense reason, you know? It's I'm not, I'm, I'm not calling him President Xi Jinping. I'm not I never said that. I have never ever ever questioned uh President Winnie Jinping. No, I've not, not not done that. But if noticing what's happening to Uyghur Muslims, while literally every celebrity in the United States stays silent, and every player in the NBA won't speak out of the atrocities against Hong Kongers, oh, forget the Uyghur Muslims, they couldn't give a good, those people don't buy sneakers, they only make them. Yeah, if, if that's what it takes, if that's what it means, right, to call that out and to get sanctioned, I'm down. I'm in. I'm good. And then there was Iran. Iran had a very, very special kind of message. We're talking just adorbs. Their message was that hopefully America has learned their lesson. And here's the tweet from uh, their foreign minister of Baghdad bobbing. Trump, Pompeo, and company are relegated to the dustbin of history and disgrace. But the memories of General Soleimani and the thousands murdered, maimed, and starved of foods and meds by Trump's state and economic terrorism and crimes against humanity will shine on. Perhaps new folks in D.C. have learned. First, that's still allowed on Twitter. Donald Trump is not. Good job, Jack. Secondly... The thousands murdered, maimed, and starved of foods and meds, uh, that's because uh, you people are a corrupt organization that kills people for sport and have completely ruined the Iranian people. And we should call them Persians. That, that's my take. I don't know if somebody who is from Iran would agree or disagree with me uh, on that. Get rid of the Ayatollah. There's somebody who's going to be relegated to the dustbin of history and disgrace. That murderous so-and-so. Such and such. That murder is this and that. I don't know. You think I, you think I got my point across, Ari, with the so-and-so and the such and such and the this yeah, and that? Yeah, I think you got it. Good. Son of a bitch. Oh, wait. Did, I, see, I wasn't sure, so I had to, 
I had to make sure I got it. Oh, come on. We all don't agree on the Ayatollah? Huh. Okay. Okay. I, th I thought we had agreement there. Uh, I'll retract. The only person starving people and killing people is you. The hardliners, the mullahs, and the clerics. But perhaps new folks in D.C. have learned. Why is the United States under Joe Biden so desperate to get back in the Iran nuclear deal? What, what, do, you, what do they get from this? What is the desire to be on the side of Iran and to help them with their uh, hegemony? As, as opposed to the side of Saudi Arabia. Now, I say this as clear as day. I don't like having to side with Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia should have been made to suffer after September 11th. And I mean suffer. That's not how it went down. And I can go back and try and relitigate the days of 2001, or I can accept the fact that I live in 2021. and deal with what I have now. Saudi Arabia is better for us than Iran. I mean, these, these, these are the facts. Why, why the Biden group is so desperate for this is something that is just beyond understanding. I think what should be asked is, you take a look at China's statements, you take a look at Iran's statements, and you got to ask yourself, who would want to be on the side of either one of them? One of the awful expressions uh, is uh, to be on the right side of history, right? That is, as Jonah Goldberg wrote about in The Tyranny of Clichés, like one of those kinds of words. And no, I don't appreciate Jonah Goldberg's uh, never-Trump stance. I appreciate the fact that I think that Jonah Goldberg has at least made attempts to take a look at some of uh, the, those kind of cultural issues and say, hey, there's something peculiar here. There's something here you should notice. Both China and Iran are overjoyed that Trump is gone. Maybe that's telling us something. Maybe that one-two punch should have us rethinking how much better off we are with a guy like Joe. I don't feel that we're better off with a guy like Joe. I don't think we're better off with the Mullers, the Hardliners, and the Clerics still in power. I don't feel that we're better off with no one who will actually stand up to the communists in China. There are things that bother me about this new presidency. We will all learn how to work with it and where to push. Because, oh, oh, we're going to have to push. Voices will be heard. I'm Tony Katz. So in one of the cooler stories I've seen, there's a liquor store in Lincoln, Nebraska, where we are heard on KFOR. Whoop, whoop. Love you people. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I didn't mean you people in a negative way. We'll be clear about that. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. A Myers cork and bottle is, is am, am I saying right? Myers cork and bottle, is that the place? They are uh, doing what they're calling a Pappy Can Winkle food drive. So for every can of food, non-perishable that you bring in, your name gets entered for a chance to purchase one of the bottles of Pappy Van Winkle, which is hard to get. 
right? It, it, it ends up like on these secondary and tertiary markets for crazy money. That's not so much allowed. You can actually, when you can get it at a liquor store, it's like at a, at a price you can actually get it at if you can ever find it. That's why people go to these other markets. I'm not, I'm not, I am not suggesting you do that. I'm suggesting you go to Myers Cork and Bottle is where you go. They'd also be a fantastic sponsor of Tony Katz today. Um, you get a chance to win one of the bottles. So that is very, very cool. We've done uh, some some food drives where, where I uh, live with, with my other show, Eat, Drink, Smoke. I want to know, like, how we can get in on this. Like, we can't send you the food. But if, 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 we, if we make a donation, can we, uh, can we then get entered and, like, figure it's a X, X number per can or can't just get us one uh, opportunity? And if we win, we will drive out there. Producer Ari and I will drive out there, and we will and we will buy the bottle, and we will we will open it for fans right there. We'll do some pappy, yeah, right. And when I, when I say we'll drive, I mean you're going to drive, and I'm going to sit in the back. I naturally assume that's it's going to be a driving Miss Daisy Greenbuck kind of thing. Right, that way we've got all our bases covered. That's going to happen. Uh, so someone uh, get back to me. And uh, we'll come out, if we, if, we, if we get the chance to buy a bottle, we will come out, buy a bottle, we will open it right there for the fans. Right there for the people. We, we will do it. That'll happen. Someone get to me. Then there is the craziest story I have heard. And this involves Colin Coward. Right? Radio host, sports guy, people love him, listen to him. He's talking about the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. AFC Championship, but Patrick Mahomes, concussion protocol, he can't play. It's going to be uh, Chad Henney. Anything is possible. Look at you. Right? They, they, he's going to have to start. And so Colin Coward saying, well, well, everyone wants to see Mahomes and Josh Allen from the Bills. It's all people want to see. The NFL should delay this game until Patrick Mahomes is healthy. Let me bring in Joey Molinaro from Barstool Sports. You've seen his videos here, there, and everywhere. Joey Molinaro uh, on, on the Twitter box, M-U-L-I-N-A-R-O. That's, that's how it's done. Uh, look, man, there is one thing to be said, uh, Joseph, for, you know, the NFL is in it for the money. But, dear Lord, is Colin Cowherd letting the cat out of the bag that he doesn't even think that you should have to fight with the team that you have. You should fight only with the marquee guys that'll make it interesting for him to watch. Yeah, he is um, a he's a character. He, he's a lot like you, Tony. He, he, he's a character. He knows how to push the buttons of people in the exact right ways. And he's a master of that. He really is. And I just want to say, if this is how it's going to be, if that's his opinion, then I think a 2019 season, we should uh, hold up those results from last year because Big Ben Roethlisberger for my Steelers was out. He was hurt. Uh, I think uh, that same year or 2018 or 2017, excuse me, when Andrew Luck was out for the hometown Indianapolis Colts, uh, we should hold up on that because here's some teams that have high-quality quarterbacks who weren't able to go out there and perform week in and week out. So, I mean, if we're doing this for Mahomes, let's just do it for everything. Who's to stop us?
Now, you talk about uh, Colin Cowherd and people who know you, uh, Joey Molinaro, who follow you on Instagram or follow you on Twitter, uh, famous for uh, the impersonations, famous for the caricatures, your Nick Saban, uh, your Coach O down there at LSU. And, of course, you you do a, a, a Colin Cowherd that has actually gotten mentions from Colin on, on his show. So if I'm asking Colin the question and I'm saying – what? How could you come to the place that a team shouldn't fight with the army uh, that it has? To to paraphrase Don Rumsfeld, we should only, you know, look at the marquee guys. Uh, how how do you think that you know people should look at this? That that you're just saying the league only exists for four or five, maybe ten marquee players, and everybody else should just suffer and wait. It's a lot like Netflix. You know, Netflix, it's a big global brand company, innovative. Let's say Netflix has a series, a movie that they want to make right now. But their A-list guy, Tom Hanks, Adam Driver, Adam Sandler, they can't go until the summer. You think Netflix would say, we're going to hold off on our A-list guys and we're going to play our C-list guys instead in that starring role because we want to film it right now. No, <laughs> today we're not, and I don't want people to say, but God, this is football, this isn't Netflix. <laughs> the NFL is entertainment number one, a game number two. What matters is having your A-list guys and your starring roles, not the C-list guys. Am I wrong? I mean, am, right. I, am I wrong? First things first, your Colin Cowherd is pretty well on, it's man. It's so good. It's so you've gotten, good. You've gotten so much better at that. It, it, it's crazy. Uh, secondly, has he put that defense out there that it's like Netflix trying to make a movie? No, not yet. But <laughs> sounded so believable. Awesome. It sounded believable. I mean, look, here's the deal: is is you know, much like the the folks across the nation and in uh, Indiana have come to listen to Tony Katz on a day in and day out basis. Uh, for from my from being 18 to probably last year, two years ago, I listened to Colin Cowherd uh, religiously, and so I have become so accustomed to his analogies, his train of thought what he would say on particular topics or some sort of variance of, of what he would say that I, I, I kind of, I, I, I fully believe that I could ghostwrite an entire episode of the herd for Colin. And then he could go out there and do it because the analogies, like I said, that he comes up with his thought process on equating and, 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 and using parallels from, you know, big business and tech companies and relationships to uh, who should play quarterback for the Kansas city chiefs is you know second to none uh, but his so problem is, I mean, I mean, it really is. It, it's it's the problem with his thesis, and you can tell him I said so. Is that he's taking all the romance out of the game? If you only have your star players playing, and you don't have storylines like this, you know who you don't have. You don't have the story of Frank Reich and the Buffalo Bills, now the coach of the Indianapolis Colts. You don't have uh, uh, you in basketball. You don't have the story of things like Linsanity. You don't have all these kinds of what in the world moments that make people feel good that are the reason you engage sports uh to begin with you don't have oh who am i thinking of from the dodgers 
Uh, Kirk Gibson. You don't have him coming out of the dugout. He can barely walk. Lasorda sending him out uh, there to the to the plate. You you gotta win it for us, there, kiddo. And I don't know. That's that's what Lasorda sounds like. I'm not the impressions guy, right? That's the that's the thing that he's just ripping apart from the from the sport. See the the romantic in you, yes, would say that, but but the 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 business side of Colin Cowherd, the uh, you know, he always says he's not in the credit business; he's in the honesty business. If you want credit, if you want a story like that, go go to Mastercard. You know, they'll give you credit. I'm here for honesty. And another thing that he would say on that front is, oh shoot, what was I going to say? Oh yes, he says everybody talks about underdogs and the underdog story and loving the underdogs, but Nobody watches them. You know, he, he always says that, you know, if, if you look at college basketball, right, everybody loves to get up in arms about uh, the 68th team or the Cinderella 13th seed that makes it to the Elite Eight, but the ratings for those games are always down. But when Duke and Kentucky and Kansas are in the Final Four, the ratings always skyrocket because people can talk about the underdogs, the Chad Hinnies, the Kirk Gibsons, all of that of the world, but what they really want to see at the end of the day and, you know, the, the, the ratings are driving the, the bus here, folks. He's just, he's just the messenger. That's what he'd say as well. At the end of the day, they want to see Patrick Mahomes. They want to see Josh Allen. They don't want to see the underdog story of Chad Hinney. So while you make valid points that, yes, you know, a nice Hollywood script could be written about, uh, say, Chad Hinney coming in and never playing in a, in a playoff game before and then leading his team to the Super Bowl, uh, you know, uh, without the MVP, the, the best player on the face of the planet, Patrick Mahomes, yes, that's romantic and that's great, and it's something to fall in love with. But at the end of the day, you know, this isn't Disney that, that that's making this story. This is the NFL, this is CBS, which actually is probably owned by Disney because Disney owns everything, now I think about it. But the NFL is a bottom-dollar business, bottom-line business, and bottom line is people want to see Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And the bottom line is, you wouldn't know if, whether you had to wait a week or five weeks. Nobody's waiting. The game's going to get played. Colin loses this one. Uh, it's an interesting. Your take on Colin is interesting. My take on uh, on story uh, makes for much better stories because no one makes the movie of Patrick Mahomes winning a second Super Bowl, but they sure as hell make and watch Rudy. This is my take, Joey Molinaro. We will leave it there. His name is Joseph Horatio Molinaro. Joey Molinaro. Find him on Facebook. Find him on Instagram. Find him on Twitter. Find him at Barstool Sports. And tell Portnoy, nice work with the fund, man. Solid. Absolutely. You got it. Thanks, Tony. Solid work. I'll talk to you soon, Joey. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. A lot of people making a lot of noise about this statement from Joe Biden. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's great to be with you. And what he said is that, look, I'm not going to take any guff from any of you people. And I know you can do it, and we're going to do it, by leading with one core American value, humility and trust collegiality, diversity, competency, and family. And I want to thank your families for the sacrifices. But I'm not joking when I say this. If you're ever working with me and I hear you treat another colleague with disrespect, talk down to someone, I promise you I will fire you on the spot. On the spot. No ifs, ands, or buts. 
Everybody, everybody is entitled to be treated with decency and dignity. Now, people are going to look at this and say, oh, yeah, far different than the Trump administration. Oh, maybe. I'm assuming that Trump was a rough and tumble dude. But he's going to fire people for... But I'm not joking when I say this. If you're ever working with me and I hear you treat another colleague with disrespect, talk down to someone, I promise you I will fire you on the spot. How does this jive with, of course, the Smithsonian going back to July of 2020? It was the Smithsonian that had this whole exhibit about oppressive whiteness. As a matter of fact, they had a chart. They had a big chart, uh, aspects and assumptions of whiteness and white culture in the United States. And it was in the National Museum of what? African-American History and Culture? I think that's the name of it. I hope I got that right. And they had this whole thing about what white culture is, rugged individualism. The individual is the primary unit in self-reliance. The family structure, the nuclear family. The father and the mother and 2.3 children, the ideal social unit. Emphasis on the scientific method, objective, rational, linear thinking. These are all whiteness. Well, you didn't go down far enough on the list. Communication. The King's English rules, that's whiteness. Written tradition, that's whiteness. Avoid conflict and intimacy, that's whiteness. Don't show emotion, that's whiteness. Don't discuss your personal life, that's whiteness. Be polite, that's whiteness. Joe Biden is warning people. And I wanna thank your families for the sacrifices, but I'm not joking when I say this. If you're ever working with me and I hear you treat another colleague with disrespect, talk down to someone, I promise you I will fire you on the spot. On the spot. But what if it's not talking down? What if it's just not whiteness? No, 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 no. How can he tell if someone is speaking down to somebody else? What if that's how, just how somebody communicates? You created, not you, they created an entire screenshot, an infographic of what is whiteness. And what I want to know from Joe Biden is how is he going to be able to tell if what he sees is condescension and rudeness is somebody else just engaging the way that they are. The fundamental problem with what we saw from the Smithsonian was it put forth the idea, not that people are different, but that somehow we should be having multiple standards and that everybody has to understand all the standards all the time. It's like saying if you use the wrong pronoun, you you should be uh, incarcerated. It's a crime. It's not a crime if I use the wrong pronoun. It's not a crime if I don't use any pronoun. It's not a crime. If someone's insulted by it, well, that's on them. What am I supposed to do? Walk around on eggshells? 
This puts forth the idea, the concept, not me. All I'm doing is noticing and wondering how Joe Biden is going to live within the structure that was created here. Is it my fault for noticing? Is this the argument we're gonna make? Tony, look at the connection you're making. I'm not making any connection. I'm telling you what we were told by the Smithsonian. That the things that Joe Biden might see as talking down are just simply more than not engaging in whiteness. What's his plan? I'm not the one who's creating all sorts of rules. I'm the one trying to make sense of what they claim are rules and whether they'll live up to them or not. Forgive me for being so observant. I'm Tony Katz.